Hello, everybody. We have another guest on the Find Your Model Health podcast today, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals, and more importantly, understand how your body really works. So I hope you have been enjoying these guests I've had on because I really, it's been a goal of mine for almost two decades now to help people understand how their body works. So we have a fantastic guest on, but before we get into it, I want to remind you all that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. So today we welcome Dr. Shivani Gupta. Um, she's an Ayurvedic practitioner who has studied Ayurveda in India and the US for the last 20 years which culminated in a PhD on turmeric, which I know you're all going to be interested to hear about. Um, she also is a speaker, an author, if I'm correct, and a mom of, I think, two children, but you can correct me on that. So welcome, Dr. Gupta. It's nice to speak to you. Will you please first um, tell us how you got into Ayurveda, because it is a, obviously a specialized area of health. Sure. So, you know, Ayurveda is a system of medicine from India that's over 5,000 years old. And most people wouldn't encounter it until you had so many health struggles that finally someone was like, you know, maybe Ayurveda would help you. And that's kind of how I got to Ayurveda. I grew up in an Indian household, but I was born here in the U.S. And as I grew up, my parents would take me to the pediatrician anytime I had a health issue. And for every cold, they gave you a prescription for antibiotics and you would just do your course and you'd eventually get better and you'd move on. And by the time I got to high school, I was having these chronic colds. Like every month I had another cold and they were like, oh, amoxicillin's not helping. Let's just move up to Augmentin. And so it was just course after course after course of antibiotics. And by the time I was at that time, we were going to India every year to see the family. And every time I went to India, I'd get disastrously sick. It's like if you went to Mexico or you traveled internationally, you drink a bit of the water and boom, like your system just goes down. And I remember one of those times the doctor was like, listen, she's going to have to go to the hospital. She's so unwell. And he sat me down. He's like, I need you to take these 11 medications. And I looked at it and I was like, you're going to have to tell me what these do, because I'm really frustrated with everyone telling me what to take. But in the end, I'm not healthy. I don't have a good immune system. I just feel worse after the last time you guys gave me crazy antibiotics. My stomach hurt so bad. I had to give up orange juice and certain foods. And at that point, I was like, this is not nice. I love orange juice and the foods I eat. So I looked at the list and I said, you know, I think we're in India right now and there might be another approach. Like, could you find me something else, some spice, some herb, something natural? And that's when I thought to myself, I'm going to go find that myself. I need to find new tools in a new toolbox because obviously the current system is not giving me the health I want. I don't have the immune system I want. And so I went on a journey. I went to every top detox center of Ayurveda through India. I found all the top gurus of Ayurveda. I sat at their feet and I was like, tell me, explain this to me. I don't understand. And what's fascinating is Ayurveda is pretty complex. It's pretty deep. It's pretty vast. 
And in some ways it's kind of gross. Like if you go to do an Ayurvedic detox, it's pretty intense. The oils stink. And so I remember thinking, all right, I'm going to have to find a way to make this palatable and enjoyable in the West or no one's going to sign up to do any of these things. And so that's been my journey this whole time. It really is um, that idea of our mess becomes our message. A lot of us, including myself, we've had our own issues. And then it it brings us to the point where we want to teach people based on what we've learned. But correct me if I'm wrong. And I found this out the other day when I was studying something else. There's a lot of talk about Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine is a big thing. And people do talk about Ayurveda, but I I, it kind of um I don't think many people know this because I was like no way that Ayurveda has been around 5,000 years but traditional Chinese medicine has only been around 3,000 years it was actually the Ayurvedic practitioners that passed on the information to the Chinese and I was like huh because people talk about Chinese medicine for so so much nowadays that you would think that's the original medicine, but it's not according to the books. You know, I have not read that. To me, I I find all the ancient practices valid, all of mm. them. So when the NIH calls this all complementary and alternative medicine, I'm like, no, actually, we were all original medicine. Mm. This was plant medicine. This was healers looking for solutions and testing every leaf on earth and every thing on earth through thousands of years. So Traditional Chinese medicine, I think, has done a great job of building the system of medicine in a way that the West would agree with and approve. They knew how to bring it across through the right channels. And now it's Ayurveda's turn to do the same thing. And we've had homeopathic medicine, naturopathic medicine, chiropractic medicine, um, so many different systems that are so powerful. Traditional Chinese medicine is one. But yes, Ayurvedic medicine, if you look at the sacred texts, I have the original textbooks they describe surgery, pediatrics, obstetrics, like all the systems of medicine that we now think of as specialties of allopathic medicine, they were written about in these ancient textbooks. So it makes sense that, you know, as this wisdom was created, it was spread throughout the East. Mm, From what I read, it was the information was passed through the Spice Road onto the Chinese and everything has its place. But it's so interesting to think traditional conventional medicine as we're we know now Western medicine was not the original traditional medicine at all. So it really is fascinating. And what I found also fascinating listening to some of your other interviews is how you talk about herb hacking in relation to what you learned through your practice in Ayurveda. Can you teach us a little bit about that? Sure. So it's interesting. If you grow up in an Indian household, we have a little metal box. It's called a masald honey. It's like a little spice box and it's ready and convenient to cook Indian food. So you're going to have in there your turmeric, your garam masala, which has black pepper in it, your red chili powder, your coriander, um, of course, your salt, your lemon powder, so mango powder. So what's interesting is we as a culture have a spice box It's already designed to give you so many health properties in your daily cuisine. So if you ate fresh vegetarian Indian food two to three times a day, inherently you would be getting the spices that ignite digestion and reduce inflammation and cool the heating effects of those foods and and ignite the system to digest what it's about to digest. So I always found that to be 
like commonplace. Like, oh, I grew up eating them, whatever. But when I was doing my master's and I went herb by herb in herbology and they started talking about the benefits of the herbs, I was like, wait a minute, you're saying hing, that really stinky spice we use at the beginning of cooking can heal my gut in 200 ways? I'm going to go try this out. And so the same remedies that my grandmother had been using on me as a child, where I was like, whatever, grandma, sure, I'll drink your weird drink, turned into what I used hundreds of times when I was pregnant throughout my life. I used these remedies last night. I used them on my children. So every time I eat something that has gluten or something that upsets my stomach in any way, one simple elixir, and I'll teach it to you, you take a cup of water, you add a pinch of a spice called hang. You can also, you can look it up. It's H-I-N-G. It's available on Amazon. And then the second one is called Kala Namak. And Kala Namak is like a purple salt. K-A-L-A. Namak is N-A-M-A-K. But this spice, you just put a pinch of each, boil it, bring it to tea temperature, and you just drink it like a tea. Simple. It will relieve bloating, gas, constipation, GI distress, all sorts of issues. So to me, that is the ultimate hack. If you can pull two spices out of your cabinet and in under 10 minutes solve a problem, that's amazing. So to me, spices are superfoods. Spices are the super herbs and super spices we need to understand and have a feel for so that if something comes up, we're supported. I taught my clients, which is funny, I teach my clients about superfoods. But I've always taught them about super herbs, but you're the only other practitioner that I've heard say super herbs. And I've always said, you know, I prefer super herbs because they're a lot more versatile, like to make a tea out of hemp seeds. It's not very practical, but you can always make a tea and it's very bioavailable. So you're saying like you had this spice box, which is a medicine box. So our spice drawers technically become or could should could should become our medicine drawers exactly exactly it's very powerful fennel is very powerful cumin very powerful turmeric of course super powerful so the more we understand those herbs and reach for them and get in the habit of using them for teas and things like for me i carry peppermint tea in my purse every day all day And if I'm in a restaurant and it's happened before I was in Miami in a meeting and I ate a burger and it had had something in it that made me so sick. Mm. So I'm in the business meeting, trying to finish this meeting, trying to figure out how I'm going to drive an hour home, falling sick, like nauseous inside my body. So I was like, could I please have a cup of hot water, pull out my tea, of course, make it as strong as I can drink it. My whole system cools down, Mm -hmm. settles that's magic. That's plant magic for you. It's, it's fully available to us at all times. Tea is medicine. I always say tea is medicine. It's easy to get in. It's something people will do. They can utilize. And actually I laughed there because I went to a business event two weeks ago and I was like, well, I'm not eating or drinking. Christmas is coming. I'm going to like put in the effort now. And so we all sat down and I pulled out a load of detox tea bags. I was like, does anyone want one? And they were like, you are unbelievable. I'm like, you've got to practice what you preach. But uh, yeah, I love, even if I go to Starbucks, I bring my own organic green tea and they just, I bring my own mushroom coffee and my kids are like, you're the weirdest person ever. And I'm like, help first. 
Oh, first. <laughs> Absolutely. I always, in every airport, I walk up to Starbucks or Pete's coffee. I'm like, can I please have a cup of hot water? And then I walk over and I make my own tea because I can't drink their tea. I know. So if I, if I'm on vacation and I want a mocha, well, first I have to have my good stuff first and right. then mocha. So you have a PhD in turmeric. I've actually never heard of that. I didn't know you could get a PhD in turmeric. Tell us more about that. Sure. So I was doing my master's and I was studying everything and I, I got into herbology and, and I was sitting there in herbology class and I was like, ashwagandha can change our lives. I, I read about turmeric and I was like, I knew turmeric was great, but I didn't know it was that great, that it could be that life altering. Um, and my family history is one of diabetes. And so I knew, you know, if people are going to be diabetic, it starts with inflammation. It starts with obesity. It starts with lack of movement, all those types of things. So I thought, you know what, turmeric is so powerful. I wonder, I wonder if we use turmeric strategically, intelligently in a new way, if we could somehow prove to people that we needed to use turmeric every day in our food. So I started studying it. And then all of a sudden I talked to my advisor and I wanted to do a PhD on Ayurvedic pregnancy. That was my original topic of interest. I'm very passionate about pregnancy. And that's what my first book was on, but when we talked, he's like, you can't do clinical anything on pregnant women in the West. It's not going to happen. So we decided that since turmeric was my other passion, we would dive into it. So I read so much science on turmeric over those years. And I became so passionate because I was like, curcumin does everything. It's anti-inflammatory. It's immune modulating. It's antioxidant. So if I want to stay young and vibrant and beautiful and protect my immune system and reduce my inflammation and prevent my family history, this is it. So after my PhD was done, I went and met with a factory owner who I knew who was a dear friend. And I said, do you think we could try? Could, could we try to create something here that would change the world? Because I was like, if I don't change the world, I don't want to do it. I'll keep studying and writing books and doing other things. Um, but that was the impetus to build my supplements. And what, what do you love about it, though? Like, why do you write? I mean, we've all heard turmeric is great, but what are, makes it such a passionate topic for you? So to me personally, because I would go to India as a kid and every year I would land and someone else would die or have a horrible health issue happen. So I remember I landed in India and they were like, okay, you have to go see your grandpa. He's not going to last much longer. And I was like, what are you talking about? And you went in and there was like a pipe down his nose. His leg was amputated. Another time I was sitting in college, they said, your mom's dad just passed. He had a heart attack because of his advanced diabetes. So to me, I realized that my parents were going to be like their parents and I was going to be like my parents. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't understand how in this world that has so much abundance and so much good, we can go through our whole lives. Like I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm building this awesome life. And all of a sudden my last 20 years is going to be horrific with horrible disease and surgery and horrible diagnoses. And then my family has to watch me get tortured. Mm -hmm. That was it. I was like, that is not okay. There has to be a switch around. So I restructured my whole life. Like I reduce stress. I exercise very regularly. I go to yoga. So I built a very good life for me, very healthy life. And then I couldn't figure out how do I convince everyone else to do this? Um, and so that's where I was like, okay, well, if I give you a quick solution, maybe you'll feel better. And once you feel better, then we can start those next conversations around lifestyle change. So you started prescribing then turmeric. 
Well, I designed and formulated my turmeric supplement. So I went to my factory and I was like, listen, I want to design something so potent that even doctors will choose this over the other stuff that they give us that has side effects. And my whole in-law family here in South Florida is all physicians and surgeons. So when I started evangelizing turmeric and I was like, oh, like you're seeing joint pain, turmeric can fix that. They were like, uh, prove it. We don't believe that to be true. Supplements have never done that kind of like heavy lifting. So I went to my factory and I said, listen, let's go find the most potent curcumin we can find on earth. Like the most crazy potent ingredient. Don't worry about the price. I just want to see what it'll do in the body. So we sourced it. My factory thought I was insane. They were like, no one does this. You're going to make nothing and you're going to crash and burn in a year. And I was like, just, just let's be patient. Let's try it. And once we built the formula and put it in the hands of orthopedics, we saw how powerful it was at reducing inflammation in the system. So to me, that's my life's work now. If I can prove consistently that the entire field of medicine, every time they say you have something itis, gives you a natural solution alongside or instead of their other solutions, then that to me is changing the world. That's showing people natural stuff can work and we can choose to take care of ourselves in a new way. And I don't want to know your proprietary blend or anything like that, but are you looking for a certain kind of range or percentage of curcuminoids that you found to be most efficacious? Because yes. a lot of people will just buy turmeric from the store down the road, but even with resveratrol and ginkgo and all, they're not looking at the quality, what it contains, how much of each active ingredient. Totally. You know, it took me until my PhD was done to understand what was in the bottles. I couldn't understand. Like I had bought everyone's on the market. I was testing them. I was like, well, someone must make a great one. Let me understand. And so as I studied the labels, I was like, wow, a lot of these just say curcuma longa, 1000 milligrams or 1500 milligrams, but curcuma longa is the plant name. You're talking about regular turmeric, like what's happening here? Um, or BC complex, BC3 complex. So basically out of the entire turmeric plant, only 3% is the curcuminoids. Out of those three, one curcumin is the most effective at reducing inflammation in the body. So people tell me all the time, I'm juicing my raw turmeric. I'm like, that's not very useful, guys. I know we love everything fresh and natural and in whole plant form. I get that. But in the case of turmeric in India, we never took fresh raw turmeric and really used it other than radish or garnished. So yeah. fresh turmeric, I don't consider useful. Then you take it and you put it in dried form. You dry that and create like a potent powder. Fine, that's turmeric, the spice. It is effective. It is good. We could all use it every day in our food, but even Indians who eat turmeric, like I eat turmeric every day in my food, that's not enough to significantly reduce inflammation and the chronic low grade persistent inflammation, which is like a forest fire burning in most of our bodies. We live in modern day times, different stressors are, I mean, if you think about it, how clean is our water? How clean is our air? How clean is our indoor air, our environmental pollutants? the toxic burden on our bodies, the GMOs we're consuming. I mean, it, it's kind of mind boggling, but I think we all know at some intrinsic level, there are some issues going on in the body and inflammation reduction helps the body communicate better and be ready to defend itself against any outside pathogens that come. So to me, I wanted to find out of the curcuminoids, just curcumin at a full highest potency. So standardized to 95%, 
is like a basic. We shouldn't take curcumin unless it's standardized. Once standardized, I wanted to find a place that pushed even higher. And I found a 98% grade potency. So I made one formula called turmeric gold, and it has 500 milligrams of that ingredient at a full dosage. And since I built the company, everyone's like, please cut that in half. That's insane. That's too expensive. You're not allowed to do that. And I was like, you know what? I want to compete in orthopedics, rheumatology, and chiropractic. I want to prove my point. So 500 milligrams, then I have 50 milligrams turmeric added back in just to acknowledge that whole plant still has an impact and whole plant with extract has its own wholeness that it brings to the whole equation. And then the four milligrams black pepper extract to increase that absorption. That's one formulation. Then I made another one called inflammation relief and it has what you're talking about. So 400 milligrams curcumin, but I added boswellia, dry ginger, guduchi, amla, black pepper. So I wanted to honor what an ancient Ayurvedic doctor would have given you thousands of years ago, like the whole thing in a symphony. Mm. And it's interesting because over seven years, I was very pro turmeric gold and a lot of my doctors have combined them. They reach into inflammation relief more. I was surprised, but physicians and practitioners just want what works for the patient and they're willing to play. They're willing to try this one. They're willing to move the two together. So it's been cool, but I would say 90% of people take both formulas and then all their chronic joint pain is just reduced. I'm glad that you touched on that point that a lot of practitioners will play around in trial and error. Yeah. People don't understand there is trial and error. They think if they go to a practitioner, we're going to give them that answer. This is it. There is a lot of trial and error. That's really helpful what you said, because people don't understand what what potency am I looking for? What percentage am I looking for? And then the symphony, when we take isolated supplements, they can be great, but a lot of time in nature, these molecules complement each other and they help each other work better. So you did touch on inflammation and I know that's a lot of your work. Um, I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit more on what you're seeing in regards to triggers for inflammation, especially around stress, because inflammation is, I think, the dominant illness nowadays and what we're seeing. For sure. It totally is. You know, I call it mental inflammation because people think that we can just keep living these lives that are stressful and that we'll just rest more later. We'll sleep more. We'll take a vacation to recover. But stress in the moment is constantly paying. You're constantly paying that price. Mm -hmm. So for example, if we're going to run through our day, like as women, as mothers, as entrepreneurs, as anybody who's doing anything in life, if you're running your day and you're constantly behind the eight ball, you're constantly thinking, oh my God, I have to do this. I have to do that. The list of things never ends. You've, you've put your body into the sympathetic nervous system. You're in fight or flight. So all systems around digesting and nourishment and healing the body, they're turned off. You run your whole day like that. All of a sudden you sit down to dinner. A lot of times finally people sit at dinner and relax. That's the one meal where you finally eat in peace. Some of us, not all of us. And when you finally relax, then you're in your parasympathetic, you're in rest and digest mode. And so my problem with people is we're not acknowledging that the way we've designed our lives is problematic. The amount of things that we want, what we crave, what we're trying to build is what's giving us a detriment to our health. 
And then by the time we realize it, like a lot of the times people will say, oh, I just really don't feel good. Now I need your help. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, there were a lot of points along the way where you guys, because women are all around me say, I'm tired, I'm fatigued, I'm achy, I'm stiff. I don't feel good. I think it's perimenopause. I think it's aging. I don't know. Guys, aging is like a construct. I don't think it's for real. I think we have a choice every day around how we build our health. I consider myself healthier and more vibrant and I feel better every year. When my birthday comes, people are like, how are you? Whatever. I'm like, I feel more awesome than last year. And so that's where I really think people don't realize that inflammation is the root cause of a lot of what they're complaining about. When GI is off, when we have a lot of headaches, when we have symptoms around our joints, not feeling right and getting stiff and tendonitis, bursitis, arthritis, any of the itises, really, this is all just inflammation, gastritis. So if inflammation is the root cause causing all of the issues, and we're waiting until the symptoms are getting really loud, we're almost waiting too late to start addressing the issue versus if we address this issue much earlier. Like the minute I heard my kids say the other day, I've been having headaches a lot for three weeks. Pause. And my husband, he's in medicine. He's totally fine with her taking Tylenol. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) hold on. First of all, there's essential oils. Of course, we can put essential oils on the temples and all that. But let's take a huge step back. Is there gut dysbiosis? Is there too much stress in the day? Is there sleeping impacted? Like where is the imbalance? And where are we going to address it so that upstream everything gets healed as well? Mm, So what you're saying and what I've said is that when aging is this compounding effect of inflammation and Joel Green puts forward that aging is actually inflammation of the blood. So there's a lot of research out there. So that's the compounding effect is making us old. But then on the other side of this, we can actively choose each day to practice anti-inflammatory protocols, take some turmeric, take some spices, herbs, whatever. But for some people, that choice is too hard. And we know that. Unfortunately, the choice is too hard. So do you have any other tips that you would give your friends, your family, your clients on helping to reduce inflammation that might be considered more an easier choice, shall we say? Yeah, sure. There are a few, you know, I say start with sleep. I became obsessed with sleep a few years ago. Sleep is when we clear inflammation. If we're not going to sleep properly and drop into the deep sleep states, we're really impacting sleep. So I built a six-week program, six-part program in 2020. And my goal was, if I can show you how to sleep profoundly, that will shift how you feel all day. It'll shift how you eat all day. It'll shift your motivation to exercise in that day. And that can shift inflammation. So that's one. And I consider sleep one of the easier of the health rituals that we can do. Another one is get up and move. A lot of people have just gotten out of the habit of exercise and movement. And I get it. We went through a pandemic. We all got real sedentary. But that extra weight, that obesity, that inflammation, that mental inflammation has kind of stacked up. And now it's our job to just chip away at it. And I don't mean go to the gym and like do crazy workouts. I enjoy those and strength training. But walk in nature, 10, 15 minutes a day. And keep investing in that as like your self-care for yourself, not as torture, 
Um, so I try to encourage people to move because if we're moving lymphatic system, our system can clear through and heal. And as an Ayurvedic practitioner, I know for a fact, nature can do far beyond what I could ever do in terms of healing anyone. So my biggest, um, my biggest recommendation is just get out in nature, move gently, walk, and it will heal you. Um, and a third one is just shifting diet. So I made something called like a seven day inflammation challenge. And that seven day inflammation detox is so people can just slowly release the inflammatory foods in their lives. I had someone today at the gym who came up to me and she's like, you know, I just learned I have to be gluten-free. I have the gene for Crohn's disease. And this is just so hard. And I said, I sympathize. I'm gluten-free. I said, gluten-free is hard until it's not. You yeah. just have to figure out how to build a life that's gluten-free. And once you do, it's your life. It, it's okay. Um, you have to learn what is your favorite gluten-free pizza and your favorite gluten-free toast. If you need a few of those things in your life or your favorite tortilla. Um, but those shifts over time all add up. And if we can invest in an anti-inflammatory diet, anti-inflammatory lifestyle, I think we've done our absolute best then to invest in like our longevity being one of vibrant health, one of thriving, one of feeling incredible and preventing a lot of things that we've seen in our families. Yeah, it, it is um, wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. So another thing that just popped into my head while you were speaking there, and I won't keep you much longer, but I'm sure you've heard of grounding or earthing. Is that something that's practiced much in Ayurvedic medicine or in your ancestry? I'm sure it is, but I'm just, I was just curious as you were speaking and you mentioned nature, we know touching a tree can be very healing with the whole concept of grounding or earthing as well. Yeah, you know, I've been to an incredible destination spa in India called Ananda in the Himalayas. It's like a seven star Ayurvedic resort. Then I've been to really normal ones that have all levels. Like I went to one called Jindal Naturopathy Institute in Bangalore. I did a 21 day detox there. And if you do a proper Ayurvedic detox, which we recommend doing 21 days of every year, and most people are like, I'm not giving up 21 days for anything I have worked. I say break it into seven, seven, and seven, or seven and 14. Um, but at those places, they have you walk um, almost like on rocks in the water because we want to create that acupressure effect. They encourage us to do pranayam, breathing meditations every morning outside in nature, walk in nature, yoga outdoors in nature, uh, walking barefoot in the grass, picking our own fruit according to our own dosha learning how to cook according to our own dosha and own mind-body constitution individually. Um, and so really becoming one with nature, which we kind of don't do anymore in modern day society, but really connecting with nature is one of the most powerful ways we can heal the body. So in 2020, when the world went nuts, I really sat down and thought for myself, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to keep my family okay? And the answer that rose up out of me was nature. So every day I went and found a new park, new place with water. And I was like, we're going to go walk around kids. And they're like, I don't want to. I was like, don't you worry. Nature will keep us healthy. And I, I don't have to worry about this pandemic. And I was right. We were fine. We did wonderfully. Knock on wood. So I, I really push that message of the more you can be in nature, barefoot for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you can do. If anything is plaguing you mentally, physically, emotionally, the whole goal of Ayurveda is for us to be in alignment in mind, body, and spirit. 
the way we get there is by being one with nature, according to circadian rhythm, according to the rhythms of nature. Yeah, I agree. And as we spoke about before we started recording, I'm in Alberta now and it's minus 50 and we have like five foot of snow. So getting out and grounding is not very practical, but I do have clients that will still go out in their bare feet for a couple of minutes. Um, and there's still some people that will do cold plunges in this cold, which potentially could be dangerous, but there is ways to do it. Um, I've also told people, be, you don't have to maybe give this alternative because where you are is always beautiful out. You can always get out, but grounding on concrete that hasn't been painted will still transfer the electrons to for anyone watching that's wondering well I'm not going out minus 40 to touch a tree sure. well you can go bare feet in your garage and stand there for a few minutes <clears throat> but this has been very very interesting and enlightening I'm so glad that you went into the depth on the turmeric aspect before I let you go, there's just one more point I would love you to touch on because we hear this a lot through the industry and even the supplement game when you're looking at advertisements or some companies trying to give you this or this. There's a lot of talk around black pepper and turmeric. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, can you explain in your words how black pepper enhances the efficacy of turmeric? Sure. So when I was 16, I had the honor of working in the science lab at MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston. I was an intern. My mom got me an internship so that I could put something on my college resume. And I wor worked under Dr. Budeth Agarwal. And he was the researcher at MD Anderson in the 1990s, I guess, where he discovered that it's black pepper that increases the absorption of curcumin in the body by about 2000%. And so because of his research, thousands of papers got published. So much more research was done with that. And it's interesting because in the conclusion of my thesis paper, I wrote black pepper with curcumin and healthy fat with curcumin are both great ways to increase the absorption. Why has no one done apples to apple studies? If you mm -hmm. look, they're very um, like people will do turmeric black pepper versus curcumin healthy fat, which is not apples to apples at all. Um, so I called for more study on that, more study on curcumin for telomeres for longevity. So what I do tell people is we're having this fad right now in the world where people are saying turmeric's awesome, we should all take turmeric. But if we're just going to do juice shots that have no black pepper, if we're going to keep drinking skinny lattes and calling it golden milk, but it has no black pepper or healthy fat, and if we're just going to juice it raw and not have black pepper or healthy fat, and we're going to cook without healthy pepper, healthy fat or black pepper. Again, all the ways we're choosing to use it as society are not giving us the result that we want. And that might be why we're not getting that end result and goal that we want achieved. So I want everyone to realize, please use it in the right form if you're using it in the food form. And if you're going to take it in supplement form, find a very, very potent curcumin supplement that does the job. And you should know within two weeks if a supplement's helping you. If you're taking it for joint pain, Either it works or it doesn't because I get calls every day and people are like, yeah, I took yours. I ran out. I picked up something else. It did nothing. I'm like, okay, you, our bodies know what works. So, so the 
combining turmeric with black pepper helps open these other pathways that allow it to um, escape into the rest of the body, basically. But you're saying having some fat as well with it can also help with that bioavailability. Correct. Yeah, that's interesting because I actually heard Dr. Mercola, I'm sure you know who he is, speaking about some research the other day in pairing um, sex hormones, either topically or transdermally with a, a little bit of fat actually helps with bioavailability and absorption. So it's amazing what combining certain things can do. So would you please tell my audience where they can follow you or learn more about your teachings and also if they wanted to look into maybe obtaining some of your supplements? Sure. Um, my website is shivanigupta.com. So there I have a dosha quiz and my videos about Ayurvedic self-care and all of that. Um, and then fusionaryformulas.com. It's F-U-S-I-O-N-A-R-Y. Fusionary Formulas has my supplements and my teas and all the things I create. That's brilliant. I will put all the links in the description uh, once everything's done. Thank you for your time today. I hope you and your family have a great Christmas. This thank was an you. amazing talk. So thank you for that. I kind of so gave you some curveballs there, but you were well able to answer them. Of course. No, thank you. This is great. Thank you for your time. And we'll speak again soon.